I was always searching for that hope, right? Something that could get me where I needed to get. And it so happened for me, it happened while in prison because of my roommate and what he suggested me to do, and that's to be of service to others. You know, somebody out there is looking for some hope. And if you can look at my story and see where I was and to where I've gotten to and know that's a possibility for you if you're willing to do the work from day one, I'd like to carry you the 18 months and show you what that looks like. Yeah. But the pain and suffering, the things you go through that will build the foundation that you will live off of the rest of your life. Hey everybody, this is Roman Gabriel. Welcome to a new episode of the Roman Gabriel Show. Coming in with me, He's a former All-American quarterback from Washington State. He was the second overall pick in the NFL draft, just behind Peyton Manning. Today, he's an ESPN college football analyst, and he's making a huge difference across the country, speaking to athletic programs and others about how you can overcome drug addiction. Enjoy this conversation with Ryan Leaf. Hey everybody, this is Roman Gabriel, the host of the Roman Gabriel Show. As you know, this program's more than just talking to high-impact entertainment and sports personalities. Let me tell you a way that you can help our sold-out youth foundation. Helping kids nationwide to live a drug and alcohol-free life and giving them success plans that work. Here's how you can donate to help. Take your mobile phone, text SOLDOUT20 to 484848. That's SOLDOUT20 to 484848 and help us help the nation's kids to stay drug and alcohol free. Welcome to the Roman Gabriel Show. RomanGabrielShow.com. You're at Instagram and Twitter at the same name and uh, any podcast place you want to find it. And um, what a great guy to have on a new show than uh, my man right here, Ryan Leaf. I tell you, Ryan, Washington State, San Diego Chargers and uh, Pac-12 football and Great job with ESPN this year. Thank we you. talked about this. Congratulations. I'm going to say it again. What a great opportunity. Oh, no. What a great opportunity is right. And uh, just a ton of gratitude in the Leaf household uh, when that news came. And we you know, we took advantage of it every single week. We got the opportunity to call a game and broadcast it and, and be a part of their platform. You know, the good news is, is uh, I'm sure that you've thought about this, that this is a, a great message for the guys and the, the women that you talk to uh, about redemption and about continuing to go forward and continue to hope and do the right thing and never right? give it up yeah and just putting one foot in front of the other yeah. you know if uh if somebody would have told me when i walked out of prison five years ago hey you know five years from now you're going to be working for the <laughs> disney corporation <laughs> calling games for espn i would yeah. have told you you're crazy you need you belong in that right right there um but we just started that day you know, starting one foot in front of the other. And, and you're still doing that, yeah. right? Nothing's I mean, going to change. Day, Nothing's right. going to change. You know, we're going to do the same thing. Uh, kind of became a creature of habit and how we go about the way we go about things. And uh, it's been working. And, and I'm not going to stop something that's been working. Well, it, it's got to help, too, you know, like I said, just to expand your universe and give you an you know, even greater impact. Uh, I look at you on social networking and see the places that you're going, the opportunities that the Lord's giving you. It's absolutely amazing, and uh, I know that you're taking full advantage of it, and a lot of people are being helped, right? Yeah, just uh, the fact that we can touch lives one person at a time if we need to is huge. And I think about 
how miserable I was at, at that point. And if I could have, I was always searching for that hope, right? Something that could get me where I needed to get. And it so happened for me, it happened while in prison because of my roommate and, and what he suggested me to do. And that's to be of service to others. Uh, you know, somebody out there is looking for some hope. And if you can look at my story and see where I, where I was and to where I've gotten to, um, and know that's a possibility for you if you're willing to do the work, uh, you know, from day one. I'd like to carry you the 18 months and show you what that looks like. Yeah. But the pain and suffering, the things you go through, that will build the foundation that you will live off of the rest of your life. You know this, that so many people are hurt around the person who struggles with it, whether it's your family or your wife or your girlfriend. Um, t- talk to you a bit about the process for you. Uh, because you've come full circle, and what's exciting about you is is that you have the ability to look at somebody and say, even though I've been through it, you can come out the other end. Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the reason why we're so public about about my yeah. struggles, you know, because that's the when we do this, it has nothing to do with me personally. This has everything to do with the listener who who still struggles or is in a place where I was, you know, six six years ago, and and that's our hope is that uh, somebody will hear it, reach out and ask for help, and then, you know. We got a tweet the other day or a message on Twitter where a guy said he heard me on a radio show 92 days ago and he wanted to just tell me, uh, write and tell me that he was 90 days sober. So, I mean, those are the impactful things that we're doing. And you were right about the family dynamic, right? The family doesn't realize how sick they get along with the process of having to deal with an addict in the family. And when you are going and seeking treatment, if the family isn't there with you, uh, it most likely will, nothing will change. You'll get back home and you've done all this work. The family hasn't, and the dynamic sh- doesn't shift. Uh, your muscle memory takes over. You are triggered by the right. things that your family deals with, and you go right back to what you've always done. Kids are going to mimic what they see at home, and the message to parents needs to be, you know, you really need to be thinking about your kids and what they're seeing. It's hard to say to a, a, a learning child, you know, do what I say, not what I do, you know? That's, that's really hard to do because we, we watch what other people do. We, like you said, mimic that. Um, that's why, uh, you know, becoming a father at 41 and, 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 and one in recovery is going to be so beneficial to how I raise my son and how that, how that comes about. I, I have a story to tell. But then again, through all this whole process, you can't control what choices these young, young people make. And that's why when I spread my message and I talk to it, I can't take it personally if, sure. if something happens, if somebody does something. My job is to spread the message, talk about it, raise awareness, and what people do with that message is entirely up to them. Ryan Leaf is with us, uh, former number one draft pick of the San Diego Chargers. And Ryan, when did it start for you? It was the opiate painkiller that I was given through all my surgeries while I was playing football. And then when my career was over, um, I did not know how to deal with life on life's terms. And uh, I turned to something that medicated me and killed the pain, the physical pain, and now I was looking for it to do that with the uh, emotional pain. And that's become such a big, such a big problem. Even that our president has taken a real initiative with this. That you have like eight, is it eighty-one deaths a day or something like that? It's from it's just uh, it's outrageous. I completely understand how it's possible because it's such a psychologically affecting drug. It it takes over the chemistry in your brain quickly too. It's not like you have to be doing this drug for a while to be addicted. It's really I think a matter of seven to ten days of a, of a prescription where you could be you know obsessed with it to the point where you need to have it all the time. And for those of us who 
you know, it changed our chemistry and made us feel better, or in my case, not feel anything, not feel the failure, the, the depression, all of these things. Uh, it can be everlasting, but it, it, it runs out. You have to get to a point where you have to make a change, or otherwise it's just going to consume you. You know, you know what it's like to make decisions uh, and to be intentional about your life. Um, is, is it hard to be recovered from this in terms of continuing to do it? The recovery, yes. You have to be, inter you have to be intervened with. You can't, you can't do it on your Cold own. It's just, and so I had to be intervened with. Um, the substance has been out of my system for a long time now, but those behaviors that, exhibit, that I exhibited for years before I ever took a drug, you know, those are in, your, in my life. And I, and I behaved that way for so long. And so when they rear their ugly head again, I have to be shown uh, from people I've surrounded myself with who hold me accountable. Uh, and uh, and not get defensive when I when I am told about it. Like hey, you're acting out, uh, you know, your ego is is a part of this, or uh, you know, are you exaggerating yeah. that story at all? Because those are the those are the behaviors I exhibited while uh, while under the influence as well before. Well, the good news for you and me is it's coming from an athletic background. Accountability is something that you're used to, or at least that you have to do, right? It's weird. Um, for being an athlete that made it to such an elite level, the word accountability, sometimes when you're an elite athlete, you are never accountable to anybody <laughs> or anything because you were given everything yeah. and told yes about everything. So the idea of accountability for me really changed. Uh, After this. When I was able to walk by a mirror, especially while I was in prison, and look at myself in the mirror and say, you are here because of what you did, nobody else, and the consequences are yours. And what was your part in all of this? So taking responsibility. Yes. Uh, a lot of kids today, the you know the accountability thing, they just don't learn it. It's just kind of out the window. Uh, everybody just goes with, well, whatever you think's right is right, and whatever I think is right is right. Right. So as you as you're involved with Transcend, I see the hat you're wearing, the recovery community. Tell me about Transcend and what you guys do. Well, yeah, we're a recovery community that's based in uh, Los Angeles, Houston, and New York. And uh, we're sober living environments for people who are dealing with substance abuse and mental health issues. And I'm lucky enough to be uh, the program ambassador for that. So I get to travel around the country, do these types of things, try to help people with those issues uh, and, uh, and get them into treatment or, or simply just be a, a sounding board for them if they need to ask for help or talk about it. And for our listening audience, you know, this isn't th this is everybody's affected by this. If you if you just had a pain and you went to the doctor and they gave you a Vicodin or or a strong uh, medicine. Bottom line is, what is it for you uh, that makes this so special now in terms of having the opportunity to travel and to help others? And, and more importantly, for someone's out there listening to us, Ryan, who has the problem, what would you tell them? Well, for me, it's about service, right? So, you know, this, is, this isn't self-serving in any way. No. I'm not, you know, trying to gain anything from this or I'm just trying to help somebody who is maybe in the same position I was. And I know how miserable I was and how I, at times, didn't even want to be here, uh, uh, be alive. And, and I know there are other people who are dealing with that on a daily basis. And if we can be an outlet for that, uh, then I want to take on that responsibility. And, and that's why we're so public about it. Hey, this is Nick Ruffini from Revoice Media, and I'm the executive producer of The Roman Gabriel Show. We got involved with this show because we realized that Roman has a passion for educating the next generation. And we need your help. 
We need you to be a donor and go to soldouttv.com and donate, whether it's one time or an ongoing basis. Please help us educate the next generation by becoming a donor. Go to soldouttv.com and click donate. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating. Text Sold Out 20 to 484848. That's Sold Out 20 to 484848 and help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. Ryan Leaf's with me. I'm on the Roman Gabriel Show, and uh, I, I actually caught a couple of the games that you did this year. You sounded great. I mean, obviously that's a building block too, of getting back into that and really uh, building on that in terms of your expertise. But I, I thought you did very well. You were yourself, and that's what it, what you got to be, right? Well, when I went into it, I wanted to be a little different. I didn't... I'm, you know, I didn't want to be two X's and O's, yeah. two inside baseball type of kind of mentality. I wanted to be like you and I were sitting on the couch watching it together, That's, and yeah. I kind of just I'm just nudging my buddy and yeah. you know telling him what I'm seeing, how I'm seeing it, um, what happened, and luckily I had a great play-by-play guy that who's been in the business for years and just really helped me along the season. A great producing team, and and uh, you know we ended up getting 16 games, which wow. is a lot. That is and, a lot. Uh, couple bowl games and I just really felt like I got better each and every week and then just when I thought I had a pretty darn good game at the end it was done and now we have to yeah. wait you know the eight months before it starts exactly. up again and that's always you know it's nice to have a little break be with the family and everything but I really got got to enjoy going to these amazing college campuses yeah. being around the the landscape again uh, and being part of the culture of college football, and, and that's what made it so much fun. And I keep coming back to this. You know, you're going to big schools where you have a chance to impact student-athletes' lives, and, you know, these are, these are, these are kids who need to be talked to. They need to, they need to be, you know, uh, I guess what we do, you know, when I go into schools is, is you know, my goal when I walk into every school is that a kid would never do it. You know, and, and I know that's naive, but if... 40% of them did that, then we're going to make a big impact. Oh, are you kidding me? I yeah. mean, and, and, the, and you you got to gotta stay out of the result, too. As, right, yeah, you know, yeah. You really just show up and do your part. You be part of the solution, and what somebody does with your message, you can't control. You never know. You never know. Sometimes you get a little glimpse, somebody will tell, you know, stop you in the parking lot yeah. or send you a letter. Or, uh, I don't know if I ever told you that story or not, but I was at a, I was at a, I was with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at the time. We were doing the One Way to Play Drug and Alcohol Free program. Right. And I was at a high school all-star banquet that I spoke at. And, uh, you know, just did what I normally do, and it was over. And, you know, about three years later, I get an email from one of these kids that was at this. And he tells me, he says, listen, I was at that event. You remember you did in Kansas, da-da-da-da-da. Well, I was thinking about killing myself. And everything's gone wrong since I came to college. I lost my girlfriend. I'm not playing. Uh, you know, I just feel like my, my life's not worth it. And I remember getting on that email and just typing it in, typing it in. And I was thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Um, this kid, he said, I didn't, uh, that day I wasn't, uh, you know, I can tell you I really didn't care about listening. But I remembered a few of the things that you said. And I just want to tell you thank you. For helping me, and yeah, I that, thought you got to be kidding me. That's the type of thing you do it for, and and uh, and I have plenty of those stories. Yeah. you know now that uh, people have reached out and talked. But it's humbling, isn't it? I mean, when, when, when well, you it's get... it's humbling. Yes, it's and there's it's just it's a validation to it too. You know that you know that you're not just shouting right, into a right. fan. You know that there's actually uh, there's actually a validation to what you're doing, and that you know you feel like you are contributing to the well-being of of your fellow human being right well i want to talk to you a little bit about football um 
you've never been a better time in the NFL for young quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Is this fun? or uh, I mean, when you came into the league with you and Peyton and others, you know, there's always been those times where we're quarterback heavy, but uh, this is really exciting to see what's going on. I, I just wanted to get your assessment of Patrick Mahomes just to get a feel from a guy who's, who's played it. Well, I, I think that uh, it's a, not only is it a great story uh, because of, of where he was drafted, right? No one really thought highly of him or, or anything of him. And all of a sudden on draft day, people are saying they're going to move all the way up to 10 or 12 to get him. And Andy Reid knew what he had. He, he saw it. He thought he could do something pretty special with it. And clearly he has. And what he's been able to do at this level is just, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I have words for what he's been able to do at this level. Uh, he enjoys playing the game. He enjoys learning. He loves competing. And in his two years of starting, he's taken the Kansas City Chiefs, who hadn't been to an AFC championship uh, in, in who knows how long. It's been 50 years since they won a Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl. And back-to-back home AFC championships and now uh, a trip to the Super Bowl. This is going to be a constant in, in Kansas City. But you have others, too, in the AFC in particular, right? Deshaun Watson right. is going to be there battling. Uh, Lamar Jackson, right. clearly. you know Tom Brady on his way out, being ushered out while the others are starting to, to right. take root in what they do. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be one that sits in that mix for a long, long time. It just depends on how, how much longer Andy Reid wants to do it, yeah. right? I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a good possibility he finds a way to win this Super Bowl. You know, he may say to himself, hey, you know, what else? Yeah. I yeah. might ride off into the sunset. Well, I don't know with this guy. He might get another two or three chances, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they just got that. Since their defense started playing well, really, really helped. Last year they'd been blown out by the Titans. The yep. way their defense played. Um, the one of the things that I was going to tell you was I was at a press conference with Patrick uh, at their hotel two days ago, and I met him, you know, through Lee Steinberg, yep. you know, when he came out of college, and you know, great kid, and uh, got to know him a little bit, and so uh, uh, he gave about forty-five minutes in this thing. So somebody asked him a really interesting question. I know you're, you're going to think this is cool, but he said, "Patrick, you know, this no-look pass thing." You know, how can you be that good at doing that? You don't do it a whole lot, but when you do it, it's like you've been doing it your whole life. And he said, well, when I was in, when I was in college, uh, Coach uh, Kingsbury uh, let me, you know, experiment, let me do these things and encouraged me to do it uh, and work on it. And then when I came to the Chiefs, Andy Reid pulled me aside and he said, listen, practice it in practice. Practice it, you know, when the game's not on the line. I want you to practice it so that, so that it is second nature to you, so when you get in the game, you're going to be effective doing it. And I thought, are you kidding me? I mean, most coaches, you know, it's like, hey, you're going to fit into this slot. And he said, one of the great things that Andy Reid's done for me is he's let me be myself. We talk about this all the time, and Jared Goff, after his first year and what Sean McVay was able to do, coaches and, and Jeff Fisher at the time, I think, tried to impose his will on Jared Goff. These coaches need to know that these are the these are the engines that run your organization, right? They're the, the best football players on your team. They're the CEOs of your franchise. You have to bend to their will. What they do best, you uh, incorporate that in what you do offensively. And I think a lot of the coaches are starting to do that these days. Make what your best player does well your main ingredient. And what Patrick Mahomes does is he's, he's you know, a little different when it comes to how he throws the football from different angles how he does it outside the pocket. He's just a different kind of quarterback. He's the 21st century quarterback at that position. And uh, uh, I'm happy to see that Andy Reid's evolved. There's never been a quarterback that's played for Andy Reid that hasn't done well, yeah. hasn't yeah. excelled. And Patrick Mahomes is, is just another in the long line. Well, it's it's also you got Russell Wilson as well. I mean, you know, he's, he's just maybe a, 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 a 
a minus version because he didn't have the huge arm, but it's, he it's, uses it's, his brain more yeah. than any any yeah. individual. Uh, his work with Trevor Moad and uh, um, uh, who's been real, you know, real helpful for my the way I think and in that neutral, neutral thinking. Nothing, nothing too, never low and never really yeah. too high. It's 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 about as straight as you can get. He seems boring at times, but right. he gets it done, and that's. That's pretty special uh, at, at that at that level. We got you are great. You are right. We have a great set of quarterbacks that are playing in this league right now. And Ryan, if you look at this kid from LSU that's coming out, Burroughs. I mean, what an incredible year! And of course, LSU, same thing with Coach Orgeron. He leaves USC, which is more of a vanilla type of offense, and goes there, hires offensive coordinator, and they break records that have never been seen before. Have like a you know the year they had was absolutely incredible. What's your idea about him in terms of his uh, the transition to, to professional football? I, I mean, I think that he steps right in and, and is able to contribute to whoever he he decides to to sign with. Um, you know, if I'm him, you know, this is maybe the the time you have the most leverage you'll ever have. Right. And, and you know, I don't know if you want to go play for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, maybe he feels like he can change that culture. and, and They all do, though. And get there, and that's, yeah, that's a good thing. But we've also seen quarterbacks just, you know, Matthew Stafford may be one of the best quarterbacks that we've never truly got to see the greatness of. Right, him, right. You know, in Detroit. No, no, you're exactly and, right. And uh, in Cincinnati's been a place where quarterbacks kind of have gone to just disappear. You know, since Boomer Sison was there, I don't know if we've really had one. Yeah. I mean, Andy Dalton got him to the playoffs, but they always lost in the first right. round. It's first just kind round. of been like this middle of the road. But since they got rid of Marvin Lewis, that kind of disappeared with that. So I don't know. I think he's the best quarterback in the game uh, in going into the NFL draft. I think Justin Herbert is nipping at his heels now after that great senior bowl. Uh, it's going to be between those two. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Joe Burrow, you know, you know, played a little power game here and said, hey, I want to see some commitment that you are going to be chasing Super Bowls because if I want to make that commitment too, I don't want to just sit in in Cincinnati for six years of my contract and and be 6-10. and Yeah, you're exactly right. Ryan Leaf with me on the Roman Gabriel Show. Uh, Final question. Tell me about Trevor Lawrence. How how do you feel about him? Yeah, what a – I mean, I I got the luxury of spending a lot of time with Trevor this year. Yeah. Went and spoke to the team in the fall, spent about three days there, really got to know him well. Uh, We texted throughout the year just kind of – talking about how keeping his head up even though everybody was telling them they were nothing or his season was not what it needed to be and and everything like that and then he went out and played really really well in that national semifinal but you know LSU was a team of destiny yeah. you know and they finally kind of hit that buzzsaw and um, his well, last it, his last I, text to me was this uh, it was exactly how it's supposed to be and he is rev for yeah next year and he said it will make it even that more special well that's what I was going to say asking you as a quarterback you know when you've won every game in your career uh, and that's great but there's a certain thing that happens when that loss happens like that and it sounds like he's already responded the way you would think he would respond yeah and that's how you should and they're going to be really good next year so uh, look out yeah I mean they were really good this year LSU was just just a little bit better and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the number one team coming out in the preseason once again Ryan great to see you buddy I appreciate you coming on the Roman Gabriel show and uh uh, can't tell you how uh, excited I am for you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's just really cool. Good to see you every year. I know, I know. And, and uh, we need to stay in touch because what you're doing is so powerful and it's needed. And uh, it just goes to show that, that uh, you know, there is redemption and forgiveness when you got the right attitude, and you do. Thank you, sir. Thanks for being here. I appreciate bet. it. You bet. Thanks so much for listening to The Roman Gabriel Show. 
If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can help us at the Sold Out Youth Foundation by donating text SOLD OUT20 to 484848. That's SOLD OUT20 to 484848. And help us help your students to stay drug and alcohol free. The Roman Gabriel Show is produced in partnership with Revoice Media. Executive producers Roman Gabriel, Nick Ruffini, and Kirsten Cluthy. Audio editing by Justin Thomas and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, check out revoicemedia.com.